Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Dylan. Just reminding you that Topic Thunder podcast is a part of the Believe Network. And with Believe, we have a main sponsor. They've been our constant. It's betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's features. And don't forget the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V, capital letters, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hope you guys enjoy the pod. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunsinger, at Thunder Chats, and I'm joined by uh, three guys today. You know, it's a quad pod once again. A little different, though, because one of them's a guest. We'll get right into that. But first, we got Jerry. How are you, sir? Doing well, man. Just uh, watched some playoff basketball. Uh, I've been irrationally upset about Tyrese Maxey, and I'm ready to record a pod tonight. So, uh, doing good, man. I like the energy. I like the energy. All right. And we also got Alex Roig. Alex, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. After Friday night, after the roller coaster that was Friday night, I am doing excellent. There you go. Spirits high, man. Well, guys, not burying the weight anymore. Joining us today from the great state of Oklahoma, he is a student at OU. He defends Russell Westbrook with a vicious ferocity. He is routinely owned Justin Termini on Twitter, and he is a Kevin Durant apologist. He's one of the fastest growing accounts on Twitter. Um, he once had, t- oh, then he got, God, I just messed up an intro. This never happened before. I'm so <laughs> upset. Uh, I think I had a typo. Anyways, uh, then he grew 10,000 followers seemingly overnight because it was overnight. Now he is second to only Cone in all of Thunder Twitter. He is your go-to for Thunder Highlights, your friendly neighborhood Victor Wimbanyama stand, and on the Mount Rushmore Thunder Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. His parents named him Yosef, but you know him as Thunder Film Room. Damn, that was a that was one hell of an intro. Um, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's really nice to meet you guys. Some of my favorite interactions on Twitter are with y'all, so I'm excited to uh, talk Thunder basketball. Hey, absolutely, man. You know, uh, you know, ever since you came on the scene, I've been uh, 
uh, you know, before before you, well, you know, we'll talk about it too. Whenever you switched your yeah. account, I was always trying to gas you up, get you more followers because I mean, you you put out good t- content, and you deserved it. So um, now that I've fumbled over the intro, you know, let's get into it, man. Uh, you know, whenever we have a guest, we kind of like to ask a few questions background before we get into you know thunder and stuff. So I'm just gonna ask you, man. You know, obviously you live in Oklahoma, um, so I assume that's how you became a Thunder fan. But like, how long have you been a Thunder fan? Has it been since the conception? Like, thoughts on it? Um, I wouldn't say since they, since the conception, I would probably say a year into them being here, um, grew up like 2006 finals is the first time. Like I vividly remember watching NBA basketball on my TV. So like fell in love with D Wade and the heat and was like pretty obsessed with them for two or three years. Um, I think it was like 2008, 2009, they actually came and played a game in Tulsa. Um, so I like went to that game and then just slowly, uh, faded away and started liking the thunder more um was a big russ fan from like day one very much just because like i was a i had little man syndrome i guess you could say when i was younger and so like when russ would like throw his tantrums and stuff i very much enjoyed that and loved it um so ever since then i was kind of hooked on it didn't realize i was like kind of more of a fan than other people i'd say until probably like three or four years ago um more specifically like my senior year of high school after KD left is like whenever it really went to like all the way through. But yeah. other than that, yeah, just been following them for a while now. Yeah. I mean, and that was the Renaissance. So of course your fan is really going to like shine through yeah. the end. Um, I, I saw Jerry pumping his fist on the little man syndrome. Jerry, you, you, you <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. That's why I love the guy too. He's, he's got that dog in him and he's going to try to rip your face off. So, um, got to appreciate it. So a uh, little guys unite. Exactly. Um, there's something beautiful about it. And there you go. Before we jump into the Thunder Twitter uh, qu- uh, question here, I, I do want to ask you because, you know, I kind of alluded to it in the intro. Um, you've been very adamant on Twitter. Uh, you probably ride harder for Kevin Durant than any, any other Thunder fan that I've met. Like, uh, just talk about that for a little bit. I don't know. I'd say it kind of started out, like, probably after PG got traded is, like, when I slowly, like, started forgiving him. Um, like, I mean, I'm the guy, like, my senior year of high school on Jersey Day, like, I wore a KD jersey and, like, wrote Snake on the back, like, stuff like that. Like, <laughs> I vividly, like, I, I hated his guts. Um, and I think, like, I always, like, tweeted, too, like, I try not to tell people, like, everyone's entitled to their feelings on it. Like if you're still mad, that's fine. Like if you're not cool, whatever. I think for me, it was always like seeing Thunder fans credit PG with like the haul we got and being like, that's why we should thank him. And like, I don't know. I think that whole scenario just kind of changed my aspect on it because like, for me, it's like Sam Presti is the one who got us that haul. Like he, he, it was a leverage masterclass from him. Um, and so like just slowly and slowly, I guess, as I grew up and like realized like, oh, like the world doesn't revolve around me either. And like, I have some flaws myself. Like I kind of like forgave him, I guess. I don't know. And also like, I just really like watching the guy play basketball. Like he's so damn good. And like, I like get frustrated lately now that like, I didn't realize how good he was. Like, even when he was here, like he's like, it's watching him's like that what's that one tweet he had like it's a spiritual experience like he's one of the best pure scores we've ever seen um I still do get frustrated though like when I think about like what how he did Russ like that part still very much frustrates me because I just think like 
morally as a person, like you probably don't do that to like someone you call a brother, like someone you're close with. Like I'm less yeah. mad about like how he screwed us over as much as I am like that other stuff still kind of pisses me off. Yeah, no, I feel that. So I'm, I'm kind of on the same train. So of course, whenever July 4th, 2016 happened, I was like, you know, this guy destroyed us. You know, he's, he's, you know, he, he left us, you know, high and dry, but one of my good friends, you know, whenever he was talking to me about it, he was like, he finished out his contract. Like, it wasn't like he asked to be traded. It wasn't, he signed a a five-year max, you know, he finished out that contract and to us, yes, he should have re-signed and it would have been a great story. And we were ready to, you know, spend everything that we needed to spend to go ahead and try to get him a championship. But he did what he was supposed to do on his end. He finished out his contract. He could have re-signed with us if he wanted, but he was free to go somewhere else. And unfortunately, he chose to go somewhere else. You know, and so, like you say, kind of, you know, time time heals all wounds. You know, and as we as we get past 2016 and we, we keep on moving forward from that, you know, it's like, you know, he – you're given the opportunity to go somewhere else. It's up to you to take it or not. Now his legacy will forever be tarnished. I think because of that, because he had to go to a super team to win a championship. But, you know, as far as me still being mad at him, I mean, it is what it is. Like I'm not too mad at him. I'm still mad that he didn't resign, but I'm mad that he didn't resign because I wanted the best for him. Like I wanted that legacy for him to also be tied into the thunder for him to get that championship here for him become, you know, become like a Dirk type Hall of Famer here. Um, and unfortunately that didn't like happen. Like he was saying he me, wanted to be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So for me to stay mad at him, I, I'm not there. And 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 like you said, Yosef, like it is an experience watching him play now. Like I think the Kevin Durant now is not the Kevin Durant from 2015, 2016. He's so much better now. He knows so many little nuances, knows so many little tricks to score the ball. And it is, you know, it is it is awesome to watch him play at times, but then, you know, you also realize that, damn it, he should be doing that here. No, so, I agree. No, it's still screw KD <laughs> around here. All right. One, that's the most home move that a man can ever make. Mm. Two, he shot like absolute crap on purpose in that how, uh, how conference finals. I don't care what anybody says. No, no, hold on. I'm hold not going to argue about it. I'm not going to argue about it. So let me say this. So your job that you have right now, if you had a competitor come up to you and say, hey, we'll go ahead and give you X amount more. And uh, we hold on, hold on. And that didn't happen, have, though. That didn't happen. On. He took less to go there. And we have a better stock package for you so like you can go ahead and invest more so, like we like, but i know but wait a second wait a second apples, I, I know it but wait a second do, do, do i have like the ability to have like a building named after me at this company someday or am i just going to go there real quick and hang out make them a bunch of money and bounce i mean i, I mean, could i could play semantics I mean, all day hey. with this because at the end of the day that was a whole move i don't care what anybody <laughs> wants to talk about it was a whole move. He played like crap in that conference finals on purpose. I don't care what anybody says. You can tell with his body language and just the way he was acting after that series throughout the whole thing, even whenever we were stomping the foot in him. Um, and then lastly, I actually started to forgive the guy after he got his first ring. All right. I was really happy they missed the first one. But I was like, hey, you know what? I'm kind of okay with this. All right. What made me just hate him all over then he, again. Then he talked his shit. 
No, it's the it's the fact that he he forced the Warriors to do a sign and trade so they could get something back for his funky ass. And we got absolutely nothing. And and we're the ones that put him in that position to be able to develop the way that he did, because there's a lot of other organizations that that dude could have went to and he could have got screwed over just you know, just like players do, especially at the top end of the draft, it happens all the time. So again, I was cool with it until he pulled that move. Cause that shows me right there. Like you didn't care about nothing, but yourself, everything that you talked about while you were here was just fake and a damn lie. Forgive them. Don't whatever, but dude's a hoe. So let's keep on moving on this. Cause we got better shit to talk about. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, no, it, uh, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, we went around the table. I'm just going to put my, my views out there. I, I think two things would be uh, true at the same time. Uh, like Yosef and Alex said, like, you know, it was the best decision for him. Like time, like, you know, times happen. Like we've, most of us have moved on, but it's also undoubtedly the weakest move of a superstar player, like in the history of like competitive sports. To not like, I, I don't even like. It wasn't even that he left for me. It was that he joined the Warriors. You know, yeah. A team no, that was Hundred percent agree. Yeah, seventy three wins, and you know, beat, knocked you out of the Western Conference Finals the year before. That's that. That was all. So, all right, moving on. Moving on. Yes, please. Thank like you. A different opinion on Kevin Durant. Uh, <laughs> Yosef, um, back to you, man. So, you know, we talked about you know uh, how long you've been a Thunder fan, like when your fandom really started to peak, um, and you know, in the rest year. Um, what made you first join Thunder Twitter? And and I guess uh, before I ask you that, did you have an account before you started the original Thunder Film Room under a different alias, or was that like the beginning? No, I mean I had my like personal like one that like I followed my friends and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, didn't have a Thunder one or anything like that. Um, then let's see, it was like the start of the pandemic. I had been following Laker Film Room for years, and he mm-hmm. has like he's huge and so during the pandemic like at the very start i like got even more into his content and then realized like there really wasn't like a thunder film room and there wasn't really like anyone just like talking straight up like x's and o's really so i think it was what before it was after the bubble which i hate that i missed nba twitter during the bubble (laughs) because like i always hear stories about like the craziest things during that time um i just like i don't really remember like what really made me just be like all right i'm starting this i think it was just one random day i was just like all right let's just i think it was like a week before the preseason started i was like all right here's my first tweet and it was like i think a russell westbrook like them introducing him or something like that at the peak and that that's how it started really yeah i got it man and then and then the rest was history um yeah yeah, moving on uh uh, one more question before we get more into thunder stuff Uh, how would you say your accounts evolved from when you first started because you know um like when you first started you know like you said you you i mean you're still thunder film room but it was more like x's and o's highlights and stuff like that breaking down plays now you know i mean this isn't a slide either because like you know you still got a great account but like you've kind of it, like it, it feels like a negative thing to say just because of the people associated with it but like it's more of an nba twitter account like you know you're tweeting more about nba things obviously you like tweeting games and stuff like that but you know it feels like you know you've evolved your account in a way to like you know i guess encourage engagement if that makes sense uh in a way like i genuinely don't care about the engagement like that yeah. um i think for me it's really just a lot of the X's and O's stuff takes up so much time. Like it really takes up a lot of time. And like, I still do like 
I think my phone probably has 120 clips of just like different X's and so X's and O stuff that I just never posted. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely been something that like I want to get right back to and just like I don't want to say keep pushing it off, but I keep pushing it off. Yeah, I feel that. Um, it's just like one of those things like it takes time to like out like last season, I would rewatch the games like, dude. I was watching like Teo Malado and Charlie Brown Jr. lineups, like those games, like two or three times. And like, now I look back, I'm like, that was hell. Like, what was I doing? You yeah. know? Um, but it's definitely like, yeah, I would say now it's just like, I think I let more of like my actual personality out at first. I was like yeah. very much like, it's just straight up this. I don't really like, you don't need to know anything about me. And I don't like, you know, it's just like one of those things, like slowly, I think, I like to crack jokes and stuff like that. So like I've slowly tried doing that more. Um, but like X's and O's is like, that's definitely been something I've been planning on going back to for a while. And like now that the Thunder season's over, it's probably going to happen soon. Like I've been wanting to like have a very big shift in like my content and like what I post. It's just been like trying to find a way to do it, whether it's like YouTube videos or like articles or just like tweet threads or stuff like that. It's like, it's been like, I'm a perfectionist. So like I, whatever, like I have to go into, like all of it has to be perfect before I do, or like, or I'm going to keep pushing it off, honestly. Yeah. Tweet threads, tweet threads, tweet threads, tweet threads. So, so we can expect, a breakdown of the uh, Yurgos, Kalazakis, and uh, Xavier Simpson lineups this, this year? Uh, dude, I'll be honest. I barely paid attention during those games. Like, I, I'm very engaged in the game when they're on. And, like, even last year when we're playing, like, those Josh Hall and Charlie Brown Jr. lineups, like, I was engaged in those games. But this year at the end, it was just like, I mean, I'm on my phone. I'll look up every 15 minutes, like – just barely staying yeah. engaged. It was, it, yeah. it was, it was very rough. Like these last five games of the year was, it was a struggle, but like, I do plan, like I just started last week uh, going through and like watching every minute, like Josh and Chase shared the court and like trying to don't know how it's going to be right now. I'm just taking notes right now. Like, I don't know if it's going to be an article or a video or what, but like, it's definitely like something big that I've been trying to plan for a while. Like I, like I, I, I understand the tank, but I want I want a season where we can actually see the guys play the majority of the games. Like the last two seasons, the whole thing, like the last twenty games of the season, where they just basically take everybody out and just put in G League. Like I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. But they're and too I know- good to tank, sir. Oh, That's I know why. that. I know that. I know that. I know. And I, I again, I I understand the tank. I agree with the tank. But hey, if we can get a if we can get a, a top four pick and a top you know, six pick this year for whatever reason. Hey, it, it might be time to kind of uh, put the brakes on the on the tank and just kind of just let the horses go. <laughs> I was gonna say I something agree. before you started talking about the stupid tank. I'm so over the tank. Like I'm just over it at this point. <laughs> like I'm so over it. I'm just I just want it to be done with. It's just like, can we get there yet? It's like that long car ride. Like you know where you're going. You know that the destination is gonna be great mm-hmm. whenever you get there. But it's like, Jesus Christ, I'm driving through the desert and there's nothing here to watch. I'm, I'm watching Xavier Simpson throw hook shots up at the end of the game and, you know, just a bunch hey, of Jalen Horde 2020 games. That's a spiritual experience. I was actually going to tell Yosef, you need to make some highlight videos of uh, uh, Xavier's hook shots. because those. You just need to have every fired. hook shot, like just like like a three-minute video, every hook shot Xavier Simpson. <laughs> yeah, the eight, the eight he hit while he was in the NBA. No, no, we're talking 
career, sir. We're gonna go back to high school. We're gonna dive deep. Uh, oh my gosh, dive deep. dive deep. There we go. Uh, on some Xavier Simpson. But that's like the frustrating thing with the tank ride. Like how you said, like we're sitting, like we're ready for it to be over. We're sitting here watching Xavier Simpson like throw up hook shots. That's like, but that's like what I try to tell other fan bases when they complain about our tank. It's like you guys aren't the ones sitting there watching these games. Yeah. Like. Like, why are you complaining? Like, if, if we're not complaining yet consistently, then, like, quite frankly, I do not care what anyone else's opinion is on it. Like, it, at the end of the day, Adam Silver is always like, is, this isn't David Stern. He doesn't really care about competitive balance. Like, I tell people all the time, if you want it to change, then, like, find a way for small markets to compete. Other yep. than that, like, I'm ready for it to be over. But, I mean, it is it's it is what it is, right? Like, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, f- I feel like – like last year specifically, I feel like Thunder fans were like generally more acceptance of, or accepted of the tank. Uh, this year, not so much. <laughs> um, you know, it, it feels like you know more and more people are getting impatient, and uh, you know that, that that goes back to the article I wrote about are we there yet? And you know, you know all the comments that the people. Uh, that the players had the post uh, at the exit interviews, you know, talking about we do it saying, you know, we want to be in the playoffs next year. And it just adds more kernels of, you know, of hope in those Thunder fans uh, hearts. So it's going to be wild, man. I'm like, I am also ready for the tank to end, but I am prepared and understand that it probably makes more sense for it to last one more season. But we'll definitely get into that here in a little bit. So last question before we get into more Thunder stuff. You know, we kind of talked about it. You took over the Thunder Digest account, and, like, it was a huge opportunity for you to expand your following. And, like, you were still able to grow that. Like, I think it had, like, 19,000-something. You hit, like, 20,000-something, like, very soon after that because I was chasing 20K, and you hit it before me. And I was like, well, dang. I mean, you deserve it, but, like – like dang um but yeah it, it was just funny because we actually had the opportunity to take that account too and tyranny you know we love tyranny um he was like nah the the account's full of dead followers like you know it's, it's got like good numbers but like they're not very active or anything like that and so hindsight 2020 would have been nice to have it but you know you know you, you took the account and as i said you've continued to grow it so um uh, I, I just wanted to point that out, man. It was cool to see that you was able to expand off of that. No, yeah, I think that was one thing I was honestly scared of at first because, like, the growth on the first page was, like, very quick and, like, yes. the community wasn't, like, it was just, like, full of, like, people, like, actual, like, basketball, basketball people. And, like, I was, like, all right, there's going to be a lot of just, like, more just, like, casual fans following mm-hmm. this one. And I was, like, I don't know how that's going to go. And also it was just so random, like, Chuck just like randomly messaged me one day and I was like, oh, like, like you want me to buy it? Like, I'm not going to buy a page. Yeah. Like I'm a college student. You know, he was like, no, like you can just have it. Like, I just want to get someone that's like going to use it. And I was like, sure. Like, what's it going to hurt? I guess. Yeah. So like it worked out. I'm not going to like the first few months wasn't like in terms of like engage engagement and like following and stuff like that. It wasn't a ton. Um, but once the season kicked up, it helped and honestly the australian fan base really helped yes Uh, those people are they're an intense group of people that's you know they're they're great they're awesome but some of them are very intense yeah they're they're like a step below the argentinian fan base they're the uh they're the 
So, of course, the first ranked in our – the people who listen to our podcast is United States, but then the second one is always Australia. Mm-hmm. So, there'll be, be some Aussies. Too. Yeah, there'll be some Aussies listening to this. So, yeah, I'd say Aussies, if you are listening – um, whatever Dylan and Yosef just says does not reflect everything that the podcast stands for. Um, we actually love you guys. The rest of us, uh, you guys can just go flame Dylan and Yosef person- personally. Uh, Thunder Chats. We said nothing bad about oh, Australia. There is hey, some, some slight in there. I'm just saying. Hey, uh, <laughs> look, love them. But like, I'll never forget. It's like second game of the year. We just get blown out by the Rockets. And it's like, Josh needs the ball in his hands. Shay's dribbling too much. And I'm like, yo, like, my guy hasn't even had a cup of coffee yet in the NBA. Like, let's slow down. Well, it's funny, though, but I think, like, flip the shoes on the other feet, right? Say, like, the biggest league in the world was in Australia and we had a guy go over there that never goes over there. We would be the same freaking way. Like, I think it's just... Probably worse, if we're going to be honest. Like, probably worse. So I I think it just comes with the territory. (laughs) For sure. No, nah, man, I, I love Australia. I love the way they talk, like their their accent. Like, it's my favorite accent. Um, I always wanted to go to Australia as I was growing up, and then I quickly realized that they have a million things that could kill you, in particular snakes. I am terrified of snakes, so I will love you guys from afar. <laughs> you literally live in a state with, like, eastern diamondbacks and a couple other poisonous species and you're telling me you're scared to go to australia and, bro, and I live mitch in the mcconnell city, bro yeah 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 that's that's a big one that's a big one and mitch mcconnell i totally <laughs> forgot about that species all right we're gonna move on now <laughs> no more kentucky and australia talk let's get into the thunder man so yo so that was kind of talked about when we started out uh how'd you enjoy your evening last night man it was great um roller coaster that first half was like especially the first quarter was cloud nine. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, third quarter expletives were all over the place. Um, like I was, it felt like a real like thunder playoff game. Like I remember like my heart was beating like how it was for the thunder versus rocket series. Like I was stressed. Cause like, I know a lot of people were like, it's not that big of a deal, but like, in my opinion, like 15 to 12, like, those three spots like in terms of like whether we want to trade up or possibility of a prospect dropping slightly like i think it's huge and so i was i was very stressed and like i was going in like the whole season i was like all right there's a chance the clips can lose in the play-in um and then like whenever pg got announced out i was like my hopes went up even though i told myself i was going to let my hopes go up um (laughs) and then i mean i tweeted last night like that third quarter especially when Willie Green put uh, Snell in, I was like, oh, there's P is going down their legs. Like in terms of just decision-making from the players, coaching staff, I was like, it's like, I'm, I don't know how they pulled it out. Like, but it, oh my goodness. I was on, I woke up this morning. Like I was walking down the stairs just with the biggest smile on my face. Like it made my year, honestly. Yeah. I'm glad you said that too, about like, it felt like a playoff game because, uh, you know, I was listening to down to dunks, like emergency pod and Alex Spears even said, like, um, you know, like I, I was more like into that game than any other thunder game (laughs) this season. Like it, it, it was just wild. I'm so glad that like everybody in my household was asleep while that was going on because in that fourth quarter, when they mounted that comeback, I was jumping around like a stupid idiot. Like, it's been so long since I actually did that for a game. 
that I think, you know, like literally I put down on Twitter that it's, it felt like a, like a thunder playoff game. Like it felt like, you know, it was very intense. There were, you know, there was something behind it. You know, there was something that, that was driving you. And it, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. I'm, I'm so happy that nobody in my family woke up and wondered what the hell was going on because the thunder weren't playing and I'm right here acting like a fool. Yeah. It just really felt good to feel alive again. Uh, <laughs> that it's been, <laughs> we've been dead inside for three years. No, no, not three years, but like the last month and a half yeah. has been so rough, like yeah. so rough just to watch. And like, I've been to golly, I think I went to more games during that time too, just with everything going on. I think I went to like four or five games. It's probably really season. cheap. Yeah, no, I have season tickets, so it's oh, fair. Yeah, I've already paid for them, so I'm <laughs> I'm already in the door. Um, that's why I'm always giving them away to people. I'm just like, someone just go fill the seat up, like go support the team at least. You know, I can't do it every time. And yeah, um, no, it's it, it it felt good to feel alive. I think all you guys shared pretty much the same sentiments as me, but man, it it, it did feel good, and it was fun to just. Last year, I didn't do Tankathon at all, like at all. And I've already done it like four times today um, because there's more skin in the game. So uh, I'm amped up for it. Well, just the lotto. Let's, yeah, let's just get to the lotto first and then we'll decide how amped up I'm going to be. Yeah, I miss that feeling, that playoff. Yeah. Yeah. And just to kind of echo what Yosef was saying, like whenever Tony Snell was out there, he took that first shot when he got out there and it hit the side of the backboard. He he went down and he got, I think like someone, he was guarding somebody. They got an and one on him. Like I was like, yo, take this guy out. And he left him in there for like five more minutes. Like I was like, oh, this is horrible. This is like purposely trying to lose this damn game. Yeah. It, it was really fun to see like all of Thunder Twitter, like uniting around the Pelicans, like Shea Media assigned everybody average Pelican fan number. Um, people was putting Pelican hats on their obvies. Like it, it was just really fun to like, you know, unite for the Pelicans to beat the Clippers just for them to get swept by the Suns in the next round. Hey, I think my favorite thing that I saw, though, last night was some – it's a random smaller account posted this old guy holding a Pelican, and it said me right now, and it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> like, that's just – that was me last night all the way. I was just like, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. Well, yeah, there it is. Hope you're doing well. So, uh, no, Jerry mentioned Tankathon. So, Yosef, this is one of the questions. Uh, over and under, man. Uh, I put 100, but let's say 50 Tankathon Sims. Have you done over or under 50 Tankathon Sims since last night? Probably under around like 30 or 40. Ah, um, dang. I've, I've stayed away from Tankathon all year. Yeah. Uh, after last year's heartbreak, I was just like, I'm done. I'm not even going to look at it. Not going to, or I'm going to look at it, but I'm not clicking it. Um, no matter what. Yeah. Um, I've probably done it a few times throughout the year, but like, I, I wasn't really into it until last night. Like last night was just like, it was a high that like, it felt so great. Oh my goodness. I, yeah, I checked Tankathon every probably hour to just hit it one time, just hoping for like that top two picks and like the top five or something like that will be it's not going to happen, but, hey, you never know. You know, you never know. The Pelicans got the number one pick when they shouldn't have with, what was it, like a 4% chance or something like that? Yeah. So there's a chance. Um, if they would just bring the damn balls back out on stage instead of making it all hush-hush behind with the envelopes and whatnot, uh would yeah. be a lot better. I feel like even if we did get, like, one and two, they'd be like, oh, we got to change that. Yeah, yeah, they'd be like, oh, screw those guys. 
Hey, if Adam wants the tank to be over, I'm just saying, yeah. you know. Yeah, there you go. Expedite that process, Mr. Silver. Um, Thank you. Let's see here. So uh, just a couple questions about the season before we get into playoff picks, uh, Twitter questions. We got a game for you. Um, what was your favorite storyline of the season? This one was tough when I was looking at it. Um, I think I'd probably either go with Shea's second half of the year or just Josh being way better than, like, even his believers thought he would be. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, I was high on him, but, like, he was much better than I was expecting. Uh, Bro, we were, we were all believing since the draft. We were all believing here on the podcast. Yosef was. Yosef was on the pod after the draft, and he was like, oh, I know. He was I know. trying to talk us out of the corner. Hey, I wasn't high on the Trey Man pick. I will say that. But yeah, yeah like I thought I thought Josh would be like a really, really good connecting piece. And like he's clearly uh more than a connector. How much more? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would probably go, I lean more towards Shea's second half just because some of the takes that were coming out during that first half of the year were pretty crazy regarding Shay, um and like i remember i told my buddy before all-star break and i was kind of just talking out of my butt when i said this but i was like you know like i think Shay might like make himself untouchable the second half like do something and like to me like i think he like fully like cemented his place like in terms of untouchable like i think it it would be very foolish to move him anytime soon yeah uh, hey you're, you're preaching to the choir of me man i think i i think Shay like you know, quoting him, I think Shea is him. Like, you know, there was a lot of people that were saying, like, at best, he's probably second second best on the championship team. I'm like, nah, man, like, he's – when he – I always say when he gets in the offseason, he has time to improve. He gets in the lab, works on his game. He doesn't just take, like, a small jump. He takes a leap in his improvement. And, I mean, you know, he he kind of came out slow this year. Uh, he said, you know, his ankle wasn't completely right, and he was able to rest that going to the All-Star break, and that's kind of how – you know, he was able to come out like gangbusters on the second half. But, um, yeah, man, I've, I've been very high on Shea. I think that he could be the number one guy on a championship team. And I, I still think there's a couple levels that he can hit, um, not even just defensively, like, you know, the obvious side. Like, I think, he, you know, he's got a couple levels he could hit offensively. So, you're preaching to the choir on Shea, man. I, uh, I, I'm very high on him. Hey, hey, Jerry, before, before you go, so – we we find we you know we've officially entered the off season, and I, I I wanna I want you me and you to make a bet as far as over unders <laughs> on the number of times we hear in the lab this off season. Uh-huh. Like would, would you would you like seventy five point five? Would you say over or under? Wait, we're talking until the beginning of next season. Till the beginning of next season, yes. Oh man, he might be conscious of it. We should have made this off to the side. Oh no, I'm uh, definitely leaning into still gonna it. Say that I've shit. been leaning into it the whole time. <laughs> All right, uh, golly. All right, I'll text you. We can't share our bets with him because right, I don't want him to. Yeah, I just watched this Netflix on or this documentary on Netflix, The Bad Sport or whatever, where those kids from Arizona State were fixing the games. Um, oh. You know, they're college so, kids. I, I don't want Dylan to fix this. I got you. And I, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and change the number whenever we speak. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. We'll like do that. You. We'll do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Yosef, we, Yosef, we might include you too while we're at it. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> and I was going to say guys, so you're telling me you don't want to trade our sixth pick and Shay for the number one pick of last year's draft. 
I I was never for that personally, but like to kind of like kind of like what Yosef was saying. My whole point to that, like I lost my point, but you know, you let me gather it while you guys, you know, made fun of me at my expense. It's all good. Um, but like you know, Yosef was saying that the second half he made himself untouchable, and you know, I hate to keep going back to down the dump, but Andrew was talking about it on Friday, and they was asking like you know of the rookies, like who would you trade shut up for Shea? And like, I don't think I trade any of them. And he's like, what about Cade? And he's like, I don't think I'd trade Shea straight up for Cade right now. And Cade's been great. Like, the second half of the season, like, he's been awesome. Um, you know, he's probably been closer to what people thought he was going to be when he was, you know, going into the draft. But, you know, given what Shea's done, like Yosa said, I think he's pretty untouchable. No, and I was only saying that, though, because I was on the biggest soapbox last year talking about how people were stupid for even opening their mouths for that trade. Like, just dumb. That is remedial. And people are like, that's not that bad. What are you talking about, Jerry? That's, if you think about it, that's not that bad. Jake Fisher. Yeah. Shout out, Jake. It's not that bad. The Thunder, they'd be stupid not to do that. Man, y'all are idiots. Get out of here with that. Shea's going to be him for a long time. So, sorry. Proceed. Um, I just had to throw that jab out there. Hopefully, Jake's listening. Yeah, absolutely. Jake's listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to DM him the link just to be an asshole. Uh, the DMs are open, so you can uh, do that. I will. And I might call him stupid again one more time. He <laughs> can open his mouth. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll – yeah, never mind. We'll, we'll get to Jake another time. Um, Yosef, Hopefully uh, not. <laughs> oh, well, dang. Uh, I was going to ask you, what's your, what was your favorite play slash moment of the season? All right, I think it's probably between either Shea's logo shot against the Lakers mm-hmm. or um, that third quarter buzzer beater against the Lakers the first game. Um, just that ending where, like, he was seriously, like, cooking Russ every possession. It was a bit – it was bittersweet, but, like, felt like the torch was being passed in a way. Yeah. Um, and, like, there was just something about that, that like – yeah, like there's something about it that like I very much enjoyed. I don't know why, um, but like I very much enjoyed like Shay, like humbling Russ in a way. Yeah, hmm. uh, you just made me think of it. mine. What what was what was your favorite, Dylan? I'm curious. My favorite? Oh, I mean, yeah. it was easy with those Shay moments. Like we had the we had the Thunder moments draft with Moles and Cone last episode. Yeah. And yeah, I went full brain fart, and Cone just like mopped the floor with us. Um, but you know, oh, and Alex was there too. I'm so stupid, Alex. I'm sorry, <laughs> but no, I, I completely forgot about the Shea moments. Um, but yeah, wait, that, that was easily the like the half court, like just the confidence to pull up from half court, like you know, you're on fire when you're pulling up from the logo, just like dribble pull up. Like, you know, there's guys that pull up from half court, like you know, but you're like Steph Curry or Dame Miller, like. You know, Shea had a great three-point shooting season last year, but that wasn't in his bag. Like, that wasn't in his game. That's not what he's known for. And he just – He wasn't in the lab for that one. He's just like, nah, (laughs) F it. I'm pulling this. And, like, uh, I think it was Mark. Mark said that he didn't even know he shot it. He had turned and started walking the other way. When he turned around, the ball was up. Figures. And, say, I was just thinking real quick. I think my favorite moment the whole year was – y'all know me and Lou. Uh, We got a thing going on. Uh, it's very it one side. Yeah, very. I hope you're doing well, Lou. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the steal against the Kings to end the game. 
Like that yeah. was probably my favorite moment all year. Cause that's like, that's the team that I want in the future right there. One that just comes back. Cause I, I think we did come back that game too, if I'm remembering right, or maybe the Kings came back on us, but it was a tough gritty game. And then to end the game like that was just amazing. So um, I didn't get to share my moment. That's why I had to chime in there and see one, if you got yours and then let me say mine real fast. Yeah. And there you go, man. I mean, famously it was not an and one. So just got to throw that out there. I got that wrong last, last week. So yep. um, no, nah, yeah, that, that was a good one, man. I, I, I will that one. say dunking on Justin Termine, very close second, very yes. close second to the season. <laughs> Those are always a blast. Oh man. He makes it so easy too. He does. He's, miserable, like, he's a miserable human being. I know, I know, I know Jerry feels some sort of way against Jake Fisher. Jake Fisher's real cool. Like we've had him on twice. Real cool guy. I know Jerry's going to disagree, but real cool guy. Justin Termini, yo, he can kick rocks. Facts. <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah, I'll agree. Like, I I didn't really believe the reports with Jake Fisher, but, like, I don't mind the guy. Like, I've listened to him on some pods. Cool dude, whatever. But, like, Termini, like, whenever, like, Brandon Barr was on his, like, radio show or whatever it is, like, you know, I got, like, the two-day Sirius XM free trial or whatever and listen. I was just like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, this guy blows. Like, just him and Eddie Johnson, both of them, miserable human beings. Just miserable human beings. Yeah. I, I mean, uh... he sounds like, like rest, in peace, rest in peace to Gilbert Godfrey, but he sounds like the radio, NBA radio version of Gilbert Godfrey. Like, Eddie, uh... Eddie, Eddie, like – like shut up, dude. Shut <laughs> the hell up. Don't hey. invoke the name of Iago. I'd say don't ever try to mock a Gilbert Godfrey Come voice on, again. <laughs> what the hell was that? That's upsetting. No, no, that, no, no, that was not that was not a Gilbert Godfrey uh mock. That was Justin Termini. Like oh, okay. Like, like his voice is annoying as hell. Like that's what he sounds like. Yeah, yeah I no, it, it takes, well, man. He's, he's like Brandon Knight. He just keeps he just keeps jumping to get dunked on. Yeah, acts like it didn't like, When you have and like it's clear that he's like putting those takes out like for engagement. Like he knows yeah. exactly what he's doing. But my biggest problem is like when you have a take like that, like reply, like defend mm-hmm. the take. You know, like when Brandon was on their show, like he didn't really defend his take. He just kind of like rudely talked over him, started yelling, like wasn't like really discussing the facts. Like I tried so hard to get that man just to reply just so like more i like i try to be nice to everyone but like i very much want to be like a total dickhead to him like, <laughs> i was like badly wanting him to reply but just justin Termine, i mean I, the nick yeah. adams of nba twitter yeah man i uh <laughs> he was on simmons pod a couple times too and like just i i enjoy listening to bill simmons pods like i don't agree with everything he says but he is entertaining but like when he got on there, like it was just it was unbearable because <laughs> they were just gassing each other's takes up. Yeah, just dumb. All right, man. Uh, so last question on this segment here. So based on the comments on media day and the team's performance throughout the season, where do you stand in terms of what what the remainder of the rebuild is going to look like? I I just I think we're still like far away. Like it's hard for me to believe that. Not far away as in, like, oh, it's, like, years and years and years. Yeah. But, like, it's just hard for me to believe that, like, they'll be a winning team next year. I think, like, starting of the year, it'll be similar to this year. Like, I won't be surprised, like, if they let them just run and play for 30 to 40 games. But then, like, mm-hmm. 30 to 40 games, if you're, like, at the 11th seed, like, 
what, what is the benefit in terms of pushing for the play in? Like, is it possible? Is it feasible? And then like, cause I don't think like you probably shouldn't make uh giving up capital to go get a guy that helps you get there. Um, so I think it's just like weighing the pros and cons. Um, I think there'll be like, I don't think it'll be egregiously tanking like this year or last year in terms of pulling guys, but like, I think we'll be organically bad. It's just hard for me. Like, cause I think we'll be under the assumption. Like, I think we all do this every fan base. Like we overvalue our role players yeah. and fully expect uh, young guys to improve every season. And like, I just don't think that's a full, like we like for all we know, like Josh's offensive game could develop zero, not saying I think that's going to happen, but like, you know, who knows that that could happen. And then like, what do we do? You know? Cause like, this is under the assumption that everyone gets better. Yeah. Yeah. We just make sure Poku puts on weight. Poku takes over Giddy's spot championship. It's this easy. I don't know what's why y'all are making this so hard. No, we just, we just give uh Poku PEDs, let him eat a 25 game suspension, and you know, we're, we're off to the races. <laughs> yeah, we're ready to go. Who needs Victor at that point? Uh, hey, I've been on the PED train for a while. <laughs> I'll take the 25 game hit. Dolan was like, give him two. Like, let him eat 50 games. So, I got a question Actually. for you, real quick, Yosef. Then, you know, because you said, I don't know if it's worth it. So, what do you value playoff experience as for a young team like this then? Because I think that's a question that a lot of people don't ask themselves whenever we're talking about this is, is if you have the ability to, as opposed to pulling the plug, you know what I mean? Like we done the last two years, essentially um, if that team is there, cause I, I wholeheartedly think they could, I, I think that they pulled levers throughout the season that we didn't see them as levers, but they were definitely levers. Um, so, you know, what do you value playoff experience at, even if it is just a play-in series or, a, um, uh, you know, maybe they make it to the first round? I see. Yeah, I think that's where I value it is, like, if you can get to the first round, if you fully believe, like, that you can get to the first round, do it. Go ahead. Like, I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't I, – I do think, like, experience matters to an extent. Um I don't think like one playoff game will give you that set experience or one playing game will give you that set experience. I think it's also just like how they value the 2023 draft um, in terms of like those prospects. Like, I think that draft will be just as good as like the 2018 or this past year's draft. Like the top five is pretty good. And like the, it's going to be a very deep draft. So it's just like how you uh, weigh those pros and cons. And also like, as you, how you brought up the levers, like we very clearly, like we didn't have a functional center all year. Like Mike Mike is, yeah, on purpose. (laughs) Like Mike is awesome, but like, he's clearly there for like, he's not a starting center. He has his role in terms of stretching the court, stretching the floor, like no disrespect to Derek favors. Seems like a great guy, but like, there's very, you know, clear reasons of why he's on the roster and like why they're doing what they're doing um say if they do like go if they went and got like a feasible big this summer in terms of just like a minimum role player guy like javel mcgee or drummond or whoever in the world it's not going to happen but just you know for what a scenario then like yeah i think that team was probably better than like than what i just said but i just don't see them doing that because like i think there are ways to like there's avenues of them reaching that level of like play and like i wouldn't be surprised though if like next year's team comes out and they're this year, San Antonio Spurs, like, I don't think the Spurs were that great this year. I just think like they were a team that like, we're losing, losing, losing. And then like 20 games left. We're like, Oh wow. 
like we can make the play in and they pushed for the play in. Um, so like if they choose to do that, I really wouldn't have a problem with it because like, I think there is a, like how we just talked about the tank. There's clearly like a morale level to the tank and like people's morales are like clearly like dying out slowly. And like, I don't think we would have a problem with it as much or like morale wouldn't be low if we were losing with Shay, Josh and all those guys. But like, we're putting out these bad lineups and they're still like, I think that uh, G league lineup went like two and three. And it was just like, yeah, this point it's just like F like it is what it is. Right. Like eventually you just gotta, you gotta go and put what's out there. Um, But like, if they go out and 40, 50 games in, they're the eighth seed. I'll like, I'll let them run it and let them play. But if they're like the 12 seed, then yeah, maybe pull a lever here or there, depending on how realistic it is to, to maximize your odds for the lot for the lottery but yeah i'm big big wimby guy oh my god yeah <laughs> i've been talking about it for two years already i'm <laughs> just ever throw... since that rudy gobert video came out of him scoring on rudy i was sold i was like yeah i think that's 16... when Jerry was on him too 16 <laughs> year old kid like that i don't like I, there was a lot of hate that i posted on that video of him like just doing that like between the legs pull up and I was like look at his arms like his arms might be longer than like my height like it's ridiculous it, yeah uh yeah and dude, he, dude and is insane he keeps growing an inch with every highlight video yeah. like, <laughs> well, did you see that seven two to seven three to seven, seven four, four today yeah <laughs> but did you see that step back like that was oh, absolutely I mean, was filthy like you should not be able to move that way sir What what is going on you're reminding me of poku for some reason yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yo, I I just have high hopes for him. I don't think he's done yet. So shut up. Leave me alone. Let me have my moment. Yeah, but but, but Wimby? No. No, no. It's come on now. Jesus Christ. Quit taking everything so literal. All right, Jay. Before we move on, I just want to hear you say his name. Victor. I got that part correctly. Very good. Yes. About um, a quarter of the way through. Yeah. Wimbayanama. Yeah, no, no. Wimbayama. <laughs> Wimbayama. Yep. Spelled uh-huh. like it sounds. Uh, yeah, no. I, I, I think that next year, depending on how the draft goes, I think we're closer to where the Spurs are than where the Timberwolves are. I think that we're about a year away of being a Timberwolves type team, like a gritty bunch that like really makes a lot of noise in the play in and can play spoiler. Uh, in the first round, as as I predicted in our in our uh, predictions uh, oh, a week ago or something like that, I said you know Timberwolves are my team that I I think might you know upset their guys in the first round. So hey, they they play great today, and I really like the energy they play with. They're just super gritty. It, it makes me happy uh, to see Cat had a good game too. So boys, that's what we call a transition in the business. So. Talking our playoff picks, you know, obviously we got a game under our belt. I mean, this would this would games. this would probably this would probably be a great time for a uh, a mid roll ad. Oh, do we have one? Same one as last time. Okay, just making sure. I've got I've got to check from now on. Incurring debt is one of the staples of adulthood. Believe me, I know. You know, from the start of you know going to college, moving out of your house, starting your own family, um, all that leads to incurring debt um, and paying down debt can be very stressful you know because basically everything has to go right you have to find other forms of income other flows of income 
uh, to try to go ahead and, and, and bring that down. Um, and it's very difficult to do. You know, you, you sometimes you start to juggle multiple credit cards, multiple payment dates, um, and it can be very arduous. Uh, but if you're tired of juggling due dates, consolidating with a personal loan could be your answer. Uh, that way you'll have one, just one due date a month and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you. Uh, so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free. It won't affect your credit scores and you could save money in the process. Are you ready to apply? Head over to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma. Apply with more confidence today. Yeah, all right. We literally, we literally did a podcast spot three days ago. Bro, do you know how much has happened in three days? We jumped three draft positions since then. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. At least. At least. Oh, actually, technically, we could fall back down to 14. All right, anyways. Um, so, playoff picks. Um, guys, we're going to rip through these really fast. So, I'm just going to name the series. You guys tell me who you got winning and how many. You can give a little context if you want to. And we'll let Yosef go first because he is the guest. So, uh, first, we're kicking it with the West. That's our conference that we're in right now. So, uh, Suns and – Thanks, Dylan, for, our, the, for telling everybody. Yeah, <laughs> our second favorite team in the NBA, the New Orleans Pelicans. What you got, Yosef? Um, Suns and five. And five. I think, I like it. Yeah. Jerry? Uh, Suns and four. Yeah. Alex? Suns and four. Yep. We got to bring back the meme, man. Suns and four. We got to bring yeah. back that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Uh going to the aforementioned Grizzlies, Timberwolves. What you got, Yosef? Uh Grizz and six. Grizz and six. I'm not over panicking yet about today's game, but I'm almost there. Almost there. All right. That's all fair. Jerry, what you got? Uh Grizz and seven. You have a wolf behind your head and you're picking the bear. How stark, baby. Yeah, that's yeah. That has nothing to do with the crappy wolves and What's Alex a, Rodriguez. Like what, I will never support anything Alex Rodriguez my whole life. What was Jorah's house? Uh the bear. Yeah, but like what was his last name? Mormont. Yeah, yeah, Mormont. Yeah. So you went house Mormont over house Stark. Shane. Yes. Yes. All right, Alex, what you got? Um, so I got I got Grizzlies in seven, but can can I kind of like the hedging? You're hedging your bet. No, no, no. Seeing Stephen Adams struggle in the playoffs again just kind of gives me like, and I and I know Tiffany Layman does not want to hear this at all, <laughs> um, but it just kind of gives me like, you know, there's a reason why we traded him, even though you know he was still young enough to be part of this part of this rebuild with us, and it's because his type of center in the M- in in the NBA nowadays it's very difficult to keep them on the court in the playoffs. Yeah. And if you're going to be paying a guy 18 to $25 million, 
you need him to stay on the floor in the playoffs. And there you you know today you saw a great example. Like like did he did he have zero points? I think so. I think he had uh, yeah, zero he, points, one rebound. Exactly. They took him off pretty yeah. quick. Well, he still played like twenty five minutes. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was just it was just kind of. You know, it just kind of showed us why we gave up on him, like we why we traded him. You know, yeah. in the middle, in the, at the beginning of a rebuild. But there's a reason behind it because that type of center probably will not work as well with the team we're creating now versus with Russ and and PG or Russ and Duran and all them. See, I think that he would have fit well, still personally. But I the only point that I wanted to make was like we have to realize the context of his contract. No other center is going to be making that much. That that prototype of center is not going to be making that much money in the future. Like they're going to be mm-hmm. max like fifteen to eighteen. Not unless you're stepping out shooting threes. No one's going to get that ever. And can play you know switch defense consistently across all mm-hmm. positions. Um, like yeah, in the context that he got that Chet. contract right after the CBA. Yeah, Chet is trash. Get out of here. Uh, he's not trash. I'm telling y'all, he's the next Adam Morrison. I'm trying to tell you guys, like, he's not going to last in this league. He's Bro, not. My headphones I'm, are melting. I know, right now I know, I know, I know. The more, no, because I, I sat back and watched some highlights of him just recently, and I'm just like, cool, you're playing a guy that, like, never even got looked at by any other D1 school except for this one because it was up the road from him. Like, cool. Oh, Good God. job, bro. Um, oh, or, God. hey, that guy was 6'10", and he was only 6'10 guy in a 100-mile radius of the school, so they went ahead and snagged him on the team, and he's oh, trash. No, man. We'll see. I'll eat crow if I need to someday. I most definitely will, but I don't think I am. Yeah, I uh, I think it goes back to I think Joseph actually tweeted something about it saying uh I, I've seen this movie before with Stephen Adams. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's it, it's it's the sad truth, right? Like we watched him get cooked by like Enos Kanter on the pick and roll against Portland. Like that was, I think, my actual just low of Stephen. Like mm-hmm. that right there was, like, oh, this is this is it, you know. Um, it that whole series, I think, God bless that series. Best thing that ever happened. Heard at the time, and it's, and it's freedom, and it's freedom. Oh God! <laughs> hey, off topic, but did you guys see his uh, talking about like Nick Adams and then? Do you see Enos Kanter or Freedom's retweet today? Oh, oh my gosh! I don't follow him. I got in a group chat. He retweeted that Nick Adams guy. And I was like, I can't believe the NBA playoffs are going and Enos Freedom is not on a roster. Oh, something God. like that. <laughs> He's he's literally becoming a caricature of himself. <laughs> like it's so sad. Like the like the spiral that he's gone down because of whatever, because of like political whatever. But it's so sad the spiral he's gone down. But right, he was no, so I beloved agree. by like Thunder fans. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's it's kind of sad. Like it's just like you like just like sold out a sellout, right? Like he. All of, like the things he posts, what he says, it's just it seems very like you're an NBA player, but he's like posting as if he's someone on NBA Twitter who wants attention. It's just it's so odd. Yep. Well, guys, uh, going on to the third seed here. Actually, it's happening right now. The uh, the Warriors are just destroying the Nuggets, almost twenty points with 
about 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys, uh, what are you predicting there? So, Yosef, what, what you got? Uh, Warriors in five. I just Nikola has no help. He's just by himself. Yep. yep. Uh, Alex, what about you, man? I agree. Uh, Warriors in five. It, like you said, Jokic is, you know, in the playoffs, having MPJ and having uh, Jamal Murray would have been a great help, and this probably would have been like a seven-game series either way. Having one um, of them. But <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, having one of them. But, you know, when you're depending on Will Barton and you're depending on, you know, shit, I don't know who the hell's on that team. Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, to yeah. score, Yeah, to score Multi-morse. in a half-court set. Exactly. You're going to struggle. So, yeah, definitely Warriors in five. Yeah, I, uh, I think I have Warriors in six and just – just so I'm consistent, I'm not going to change it. Just so I can be a little different. Well, next we got the Jazz and Mavs in the 4-5. Uh, Jazz beat the Mavs 99-93. to uh, That was without Luka today. Uh, I don't know if Luka's supposed to play in the next game or not, but it could be a factor. Uh, yes, what you're thinking in that series? This one's tough because, like, if Luka was playing, I'd easily have the Mavs. And mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. don't trust like Utah a ton to be like comfortable with picking them if Luca misses the first two. Um, but I, I'm gonna go Dallas in seven. That's what the expectation that Luca plays after game two. Yep, I respect that. Like, what about you, Alex? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Utah in five oh, because shit. I don't like. Here's the thing. So. These types of injuries, like, you don't want to come back too quick from this because this is where, like, you go into Kevin Durant territory and you can tear an Achilles. Mm-hmm. And as far as, like, Dallas goes, if Dallas feels like they have something with this current iteration of this team, you know, with Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson, um, I, I think they may just be like, look, it sucks. It does. It really does. And, you know, Luke is going to start having that uh, – that, that moniker put on him that he hasn't been out of the first round yet. Um, but I can definitely see them holding him out the entire series and Utah winning in five. All right. I respect it. Five, five is crazy to me, but hey, you know, take it, man. Um, I think uh, it's like Yosef said, you know, like it's hard to pick them as without Luca. And the Jazz has been like one of the most dysfunctional teams in the entire league in this back half mm-hmm. of the season. So like, it's hard to pick them. Um, I guess I'm going to, though. I think I'm going to take the Jazz in seven uh, just because, I mean, when things are clicking, they're still a really good team. Uh, they've got one of the – like like I said, when things are clicking, they've got one of the best half-court offenses uh, in the league just with their ball movement, putting teams in a blender. And if, if Bogdanovich can shoot like that, then it's going to help out a lot. Um, all right, moving on to the East. We got the Heat and the Hawks. Uh, Joseph, I'm going to go to you, man. Uh, what's your prediction for that? You got Trey Young playing spoiler or the Heat moving on? Um, I, I thought about the spoiler. I really did. But I think eventually Miami just pulls it out in six. I think they're too well coached and their their defense is too impressive to really give up the gaps like Cleveland did the other day. Yeah. But you, Alex? Same thing. Miami and six. I think, six. you know, I, I think, it's, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a good series. I think Trey Young's going to go off a couple games, and those are the, going to be the couple games that Atlanta takes. But ultimately, I think uh, Miami has a more um, a better team, 
and I think they do take it in six. Yep. I'm, I'm going to go with you guys. I'm going to go chalk and say heat in six as well and uh, move right into probably the best series in the first round, uh, Boston, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, what what what's you thinking here, Yosef? This one's tough because I, I, I genuinely don't know how much I fully believe Boston's run. Um, mm-hmm. They've been very impressive, and their defense has been so impressive. But I'm just not going to bet against KD. And just like I think KD and Kyrie can win you games on their own. Um, so I'm going to go Brooklyn and six. Ooh, yeah, I know six. it's a hot kind of a hot take, but <laughs> I, just, I just don't want to bet against those guys. Man, that's fair, man. They always they do be stepping up in the playoffs. So I can't blame you. What you got, Alex? Uh, I'm going to go Boston and six. I am also going Boston. I'm going seven. Um, I do think that the longer time word is out, the less the chances of Boston moving on uh, happens. But there's there's chatter that he's going to come back sometime in the first round. So if that's the case, I think that's going to help out a lot. I mean, we've seen Tatum ready to take this like next jump into stardom in the playoffs. I mean, I think he put up 50 points in the playing game last year. So, I mean, he's he's already got a taste of it. He was great as Rick year in the playoffs. Uh, he really just needs Jalen Brown to step up. I mean, their team's got an identity. They play crazy good defense. The role players have been stepping up. And Ime Adoka has been a great, you know, showed, showed himself to be a great coach. So, uh, I, I think I'm going to go Celtics there. Uh, Celtics in seven. I do think it's going to be a crazy series. And who knows, if you go to game seven – KD might just drop 60 on you. It doesn't matter. So it is possible. Um, all right. The 3 6 uh, series is the Bucks and the Bulls. Uh, what you got, Yosef? Milwaukee in five. I'm not much of a believer in the Bulls, honestly. Yep. I. I'm right there with you. I, I, I'm I'm going to go and say I got Bucks in four, man. Like I'm that little of a believer in the Bulls. I think uh, the fact that Lonzo's out is going to hurt them. And, um, you know, they just – they haven't been able to recapture the magic that they had early in the year. So, yeah, I'm going Bucks and four. What you got, Alex? I'm going uh, Bucks and five. They they have they have a tendency to throw a clunker here or there where they can't hit a shot. Um, Milwaukee does. So, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go Milwaukee and five. All right. I respect it, man. And uh, moving on to the last series in the first round, uh, we got – well, I just had – oh, of course, freaking Raptors and Sixers. Yeah, I just had a brain fart, man. Uh, yeah, so that, that series is interesting because Philly was, like, in full control today. Like, they won 131-111, but Scotty Barnes hurt his ankle when Joel Embiid stepped on it today. I think uh, Nick Nurse said that his x-ray came back negative, so he should be – should theoretically be good to go, but, like, that is scary mm-hmm. and it does suck if, you know, he gets limited uh, later on. So, uh, Yosef, what do you think for this series? This one was tough because I keep switching back and forth. Like, I just don't – like, if the 76ers were coached by anyone else other than Doc Rivers, yeah. I'd pick the 76ers. <laughs> um, but after today, I'm just going to – I'm going to go Sixers and six. Uh, I tweeted earlier, but, like, it, I hate that the NBA made us choose between rooting for like James Harden and then the fan base that tells us they're going to take Shea from us every day. So like <laughs> that is tough. In an ideal world, both of them would lose and like both would fail. I would be very happy. Yeah, that, that that's facts, man. What you got, Alex? I got Philly and five. I, I think I, I think they're 
I think Embiid and Harden have something to prove. And, you know, we can talk about all we want about Harden not, not being able to kind of show and prove whenever the lights are the brightest. But Embiid, I think, is going to push him to at least be consistent and at least, you know, play a brand of basketball that will be consistent with winning. And I do think Philly makes a deep run this playoff. So I have, I have them winning in five. Yeah, I think I'm going to go uh, – I think I'm going to go Sixers in six uh, as well with Yosef. Um you know, I I really, like, before, like, the playoffs started and we were thinking, I was like, oh, I think the Raptors can take the Sixers. But seeing what they did today, and, like, we haven't even talked about Tyrese Maxey and how he stepped up, like, ever since Harden came, like, you know, he's been, like, a perfect fit with, like, those two. Um, and, I mean, it just showed today he went off. And, like, when your third best player is carrying your team, yeah, you know, you're probably going to be all right. So I'm going with the doc over the nurse and uh, Sixers move on to the next round. Um, Imagine that. I mean, their fourth best player is Tobias Harris, and he put in work today too. Yeah, he had a crazy good game. As wild, the third and fourth best player, third and fourth <laughs> best player was the ones carrying. Um, guys, we're not going to go through the whole playoffs. I'm just going to ask you, uh, start with Yosef, uh, who you got coming out of the West, who you got coming out of the East, and who's your champion? Uh, I have a Milwaukee-Phoenix rematch, um, and then I go Milwaukee in six again. Okay. But you out? Uh, same thing, Milwaukee-Phoenix, but I got Phoenix coming out in six. <laughs> I'm not copying. This is what I've been saying. I got, <laughs> I got Bucks-Suns as well. Uh, I got Suns winning, though. I think that, you know, they've really found a formula that works with Chris Paul and Booker. Um, and, I mean, they've just been killing dudes. Like, they're role players. I mean, Bridges – Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, DeAndre Ayton, like everybody's bought in 100% to Monty Williams' vision and like how he wants to coach the team. And, you know, I mean, they've got the best regular season record, like for a reason, even with Chris Paul out. Uh, hopefully he got the injury out of the system and he can ride that through to a long stretch of the playoffs, get, get the monkey off his back and finally win a ring. So, yeah, I got Suns in uh, – I got Suns in six. That's all I'm going to say. So, all right, man. All right, man. And uh, Jerry said that he has the Pelicans and the Hawks in the finals, and he's got the <laughs> Pelicans winning in seven. So, Jerry, you know, weird flex, but, you know, that, that is what you texted me privately. So, I, I appreciate your uh, your text yeah, there. No, no I, the, the text I read was Lakers and, and eight. Oh, yeah. That makes sense, too. Um, uh, I <laughs> I shouldn't throw Jerry under the bus when he's tending to a sick (laughs) child. (laughs) All right, uh, moving on. So we asked you guys for some Twitter questions. Uh, We told you Joseph was going to be on, and as you guys do, you showed up, showed out with some Twitter questions. So we're going to jump right into these. We're going to play a game at the end, and we're going to let Joseph get out of here because we said it'd be about an hour, and we're sitting at hour 20. So (laughs) let's rip through. Um, First of all, we got at OKC Skittles. It says I got two questions. So, given the Thunder's top four most valuable players, he put in parentheses, Shea, Giddy, Dort, and Mann, are all guards, do you see any scenario where they draft another guard? Second question, okay, so he has so many playmakers. What type slash style of play finishers would you like to see them get? Go ahead, Jokic, take the floor, man. I said Jokic, Yosef. God, I'm so stupid. I'm so (laughs) sorry. (laughs) No, I I would love to be Nikola Jokic. Um, (laughs) But, there you go, Yosef. You've been on, you've been on the podcast for an hour and twenty minutes. You're already the MVP. 
there you go. Um, I do think like they would take a guard if they see it fit. Um, I don't know if that guards Jaden Ivy. Um, but if that guards Shaden Sharp, a guy who can play the three just because he has a unreal wingspan, then yeah, like I think that's possible. Um, and then in terms of like style of play finishers like i think the team eventually needs some like release valve guys um and like some actual connector pieces uh especially with like just the gravity that shay gets like you definitely need some guys that he can like kick out to and stuff like that and i think we've all said it on twitter at least once or twice like a lob threat with shay and josh like a vertical threat would just be it would i would like jalen duran lobs would like make me a very happy man yeah, and I I've I've been on the I've been in the camp that I would rather have like I guess for lack of a better term horizontal spa- spacing like perimeter spacing than vertical spacing, yeah. um, but I do agree vertical spacing would be a lot of fun to see with Shay and Giddy. So I understand I'm with you. Uh, so at Nick Corock at N Corock says uh, this or that all NBA season for Shay or borderline all-star season from Giddy next year? This is this one was tough when I saw it. Because it's like, I was like, okay, whichever one I pick is like pretty much the one I like better, right? But like, I feel like a borderline all-star season from Giddy is probably meaning we're in a pretty good place in terms of the future. Um, so I'd probably go there just because I think like if we're winning and Shea has the numbers he has right now, he's probably a borderline all NBA guy. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think I value that as much right now, but like, if you're going to tell me like Josh Giddy's a borderline all-star next year, then like, I'm like, Oh, we're going to be pretty dang good. Like two to three yeah. years from now. Yep. I feel it. I respect it. All right. At Gardner, the goat one, a huge Gardner Minshew fan. Uh, says, I have two questions. Are we tanking next year? We already covered that. We'll move on to, Question two, is the Batman better than any Marvel movie so far? So, Yosef, no. have you seen the Batman movie? Yeah. I know you're, um, you're a big Marvel head, so, like, what, what are you thinking here? In terms of, like, videography or, like, cinematography, like, I definitely think, like, the Batman was on a different level than Marvel movies. But, like, the feeling I had watching Spider-Man this past December was, like, I felt like a little kid and I don't think anything's going to top that. So I have to say no. Yeah. What my thing, my thing with Batman movies is like, like they always have to be so, so dark as far as like visually, like everything is dark. Like yeah. and you can, you can struggle to see some things sometimes. Like it takes a while to adjust. You can't watch them in the daytime at your house. No, you can't. <laughs> whereas, you know, whereas a Marvel film, like even the darker scenes, and I mean, stick it, it like as far as like lighting, they still look good. They still stand out. Um, so yeah, so that's my thing about that. Yeah, and like you know, we we've all seen the Batman. So like, if you haven't seen the Batman, skip ahead five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. They should have ended it whenever he was talking to Riddler at Arkham Asylum at, at the end. Like, if you I end agree. it there, like it's it's almost a perfect mm-hmm. movie. Like the whole flooding. And, like, the thing with him and the Joker, like, that was so forced. And, like, we yeah. didn't need it. Like, it was an extra 30 minutes. You could add a two-hour, 15-minute movie and would have been awesome. Like, movie of the year. But, no, you just had to you just had to try to shove stuff in there. But, 
It's like I told you, every damn Batman film, they got to completely destroy Gotham, like completely destroy it, whether it's bombs and pipes, you know, all over all over the city or whether it is, you know, completely flooding the city by by uh, what they do. They the the, the walls, the, the sea walls, they, they yeah. destroy yeah. them. Like, come on, man. Yeah, was... you can have you can have evil without destroying a city. It was a choice. It was a choice. Oh yeah, and then the whole like in Antifa soldier like people that they had like in the rafters, like you just had yeah. access to the ra- like yeah. what? Yeah, it, it was just stupid. It was all reach. I I didn't enjoy that part. But there we go. Batman sucked. <laughs> I, did, I liked the movie, but you know. <laughs> um, all right. Um, one of our la- well, last question on here. I, I did get some on my account. Um, at eweezy130 says let's say we get number one and number two pick because that is possible now um albeit small odds but it's possible who are we taking and then he says not two bigs are we so yosef if we get number one and number two who are you taking personally i'll take chet and jabari um but i wouldn't be surprised i've said this for a while like i wouldn't be surprised if sam like trades one of those picks down if he did get it, or even like say if we got number one and like he traded down to three or something, because like in a Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum type way, like he identifies someone else and that's where he goes with. Um, but like, if we were to get out of this draft with Chet and Jabari, I would probably get suspended. Like with some of the takes I would have on Twitter, <laughs> I would be very happy, very happy. The Thunder Twitter fan base would be, very toxic if if we got the number one and number two pick on lottery night and on draft night. Let me let me imagine like people would tell us like go on. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you're good. I was just gonna say like we keep being told like these picks don't mean anything until like they turn into players. Like just like a situation like that, like I just couldn't imagine things like oh the victory laps out run would be insane. Big facts. So let me ask you guys this. So let's say I'm not talking about one and two. Let's say that we get one of the top three picks and we get Chet. Okay. And then with 12, let's say we do some finagling and we move up to, let's say, nine and we take, would you guys be okay with us taking Durant to pair Holmgren and Durant together? Yeah. Because I think Chet could play the four the first couple of years. Yeah, I think so too. What about you, Dylan? I don't know. I'm I'm kind of weird on the fit. Um, I, I think Chet shooting, like you know, I mean, the percentages like are there, absolutely. But you know, I I don't want to fully um, agree with Jerry's take early about Chet being trash. But I do think that he played a lower level of competition for a big majority of the year, and he kind of it, it was one of my issues with Chet. Like he played like you know low level competition, and he kind of you know, faded away when you played, like, you know, these marquee teams and, like, the Power Five conferences and stuff. So, I think his shooting's kind of more theoretical. Like, it could definitely come along. I, I see a pathway for it coming along. But I think mm-hmm. immediately if you bring Chet and Jalen Duren, um onto the team and you play them together, it's just going to clog up a bunch of stuff, personally. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, spacing would be in hell, like, yeah. that first year. It would be bad. And maybe that's what you want. Maybe that's the price you pay to get okay. Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, third think. center. There we go. 
No, nah, man, we're, we're playing him at shooting guard. What are you talking about? P.J. Nah, Carlson, hey, though. If we, hey, if we mess around and get Wimbayama after we have those two big guys, like, it literally – it'd probably be Durant at center, Wimbayama at the four, and then uh, Holmgren at the three. And then Gideon Shea, Poku. and then that's just – And then Poku. And then we'll just throw a six-player out there in Poku and have a bunch of seven-footers. It's like they can't have this – they can't have any more length, and then a sub comes out and Poku comes in. It's like, <laughs> No! I like it. I like the fan fiction we're crafting here. So, at WSW Zach says, roster cuts and trades will be inevitable with all of our current draft capable. Catable, I think. Catable? Catable, is that what you said? Yeah. Mark, so, Mark, Mark was it, what was it? Mark Danube? That, yeah. uh, that tweet that Matt that. What video was that? I don't know, man. That dude was like, it sounded it sound like a YouTube video, number one. It was like Mark Danube. Tyranny goes down rabbit holes, man. He finds some of the first <laughs> stuff. But he says, so out of the lower rotation, guys, who stays on the Thunder until, let's say, after the 23-24 season? So, obviously not Shea, not Giddy. So we're um, talking about, like, Malad- Maladone, like, Roby. I'd really say anybody besides Shea, Giddy, and Dort, who do you think still on the team? Oh, okay. And, Yosef, you This one was four. hard. I saw this one on Twitter, and, like, I – because I think a majority of guys are. Look, I love Teo. He's gone. Probably not in the NBA next year. Odds are. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he still is. But um, I think it comes down like Ty Jerome won't be here. Uh, I think Kenrich Williams is probably here. Um, just because I think if you were going to trade mm-hmm. him, you probably would have done it already by now. Mm-hmm. Same goes with Moose. Yeah. Um, I think like those two guys at this point, I don't see a reason in trading them. Uh, Poku is just so much like, Cause that's 23, 24 is, or that's, is that the, that's the final year of his uh, rookie year. Rookie yeah. Deal. Rookie, yeah so rookie he'll, deal. I think he'll be here. I don't think they're going to give up on like, give up that project that early. I think they'll play out the contract. Um, and then Trey man, unless someone pops up, but yeah, I think he'll probably be here. Like I'm not as high on Trey man as other people are like in terms of like overall potential. Um, I think his offensive potential is there, but like, terms of a six-man microwave guy like i think he's the dream scenario yeah i think uh i think baisley probably gone by the trade deadline next year that one's interesting this year too huh you predicted that this year too didn't you i did not (laughs) Uh, okay somebody did sorry Uh -uh. (laughs) no but i i just think i just think you know presty if you look at the track record of presty um you know if a, if a player – like, he likes to extract value from a player before they go into restricted free agency. Mm-hmm. And if he does not view – if he doesn't view Baisley as a piece moving forward, you know, he'll go ahead and, and trade him. And, and, it, and it's all going to depend how – it's all going to depend on how Baisley plays in the first half of the season next year. If he's out here throwing up, you know, 18 and 8 and playing great defense, well, then that's the player you keep, you know. But I just think if Baisley continues on the trajectory that he usually does to enter a season, um, I think he'll be traded by the by the deadline. Yeah, no, I feel that. Um, all right, we got two more questions here. So at Joe, you know, at Jop underscore Miguel uh, says, "What do you think of Sam packaging the twelve, thirty, and thirty fourth pick to move up to six to eight range?" Um, first of all, do you think that's possible? <laughs> With the with that pick package to move up six to eight range, probably not. 
Um, <laughs> but if you can do it without giving up like someone like Dork, yeah, a hundred percent. It is impressive. Yeah, hey, you never know, right? Um, I think it's yeah, it, it'll be tough, but I'm interested to see like what value is given up to move up or, and if he even does move up. Cause like, I was very confident that he was going to move up this past draft and mm-hmm. it didn't happen. So it's like, I've kind of given up on like trying to predict what he's going to do, but like it's impossible. <laughs> right. Like I do think just like, if, if we were at 15, I don't think it was going to happen. I, I, my hopes would have been very low. 12 is interesting. Cause like someone could fall like very well, like there could be a good prospect that falls, um but it's it's so hard to predict i guess that's what like that's what they they know all the information that we don't so yeah yeah and there's no i mean there's still going to be like dudes that rise up in the draft like dyson daniels that dude is like meteoric rising right now i didn't know he had a three inch growth spurt like that's that's huge he's six eight now <laughs> like he's the size yeah. of, a, of a wing as a, at a guard position he shot like over 40 percent from three i think 45 percent from three his last nine games of the g league so yeah figuring out a shot he's still got like all the intangibles all the defensive tools like he's starting to become a guy like you know if we stay put at 12 and he's there like i'm more than okay with taking him here's the here's the thing here's, here's the thing on on that question that i wanted to say before my audio got kind of messed up um we're the only team in the lottery that has two picks and so we're mm-hmm. going to be carrying i think we're going to be carrying a lot of a lot of clout and a lot of a lot of tradeability heading into the draft. Um, and so I could, I could definitely see teams asking us um, for at least even, even 12 um, and giving us something in return. So I think it's going to be a, a real good draft to kind of play around with, with draft picks. And I, I think that's where Presti kind of excels. Yep. I, I'm I for sure with it, man. Like, and, and it's funny, like, you know, we talk about like how, it's impossible to predict what Presti's going to do. It's just hard to predict trades, like, in a draft. Like, I was talking with my buddy. We saw my NFL mock drafts. He's like, well, this one has, you know, the Steelers trading up, like, trading this much to get up there. Like, like how are you – what like, what? how are you predicting a trade to happen in the third round of a draft? Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's like you, you're literally just throwing it out there. Like, you have no information to, like, back it up. So – you know, it's it's really hard to predict. Like, you know, he definitely has the ammunition if he's falling in love with the prospect. Um, you know, maybe a sharp just stay in the draft and, you know, we get a top three pick and we get somebody and, you know, Presti's enamored with him. Guess what? We have the ammunition to move up to get him. So uh, I, I can see that happening, but it, it, it's going to be interesting. So uh, last question we got here is from at Justin underscore FFB. What are the odds we sign Aiton this offseason? Can you say negative numbers? <laughs> it's, it's not happening. I know, like, it was entertained earlier in the year whenever, like, the Suns didn't want to give him the max, but it's, it's not going to happen. I just don't see it at all. And yeah. even if it did, I don't think after the Shea money hits the books and after Kemba's money hits the books, we don't even have, like, that much money i don't think so i haven't checked the spreadsheet in a while in terms of cap space but it's it's a it's a far-fetched dream yeah i mean first of all eight would have to want to come here and yeah we have no track record of that <laughs> happening second of all as good as Aiton is and Aiton's great he's not the type of center that i would want for like you know the long-term piece um because he's great defensively 
one. You know, he's good in the post, but he's not super athletic. Like he's he's very athletic, but like he's not like you know a Jalen Duran type of athlete. Yeah. And he's not a guy that gives you, you know, perimeter spacing either. So, you know, the two things that we said that, like, we really want, he doesn't really give you. So, uh, did my phone he's, really... he's, he's mechanically athletic. Like, he, he moves very mechanically, but he's very athletic in, in his movement. He could give Poku some PED advice, though. He could, definitely. <laughs> Especially, yeah. He, he, what did he do, his second or his rookie year or his second year? I think it was, I think it was his second year, second like 25 year. games, yeah. right? Yeah, him and John yeah, Collins so. both, I think, got suspended. Yeah, there you right? go. Yeah, Steve, we forget, yeah. so it's not going to hurt his image. Like, get I've, that guy on something, man. I've changed my tune. <laughs> Bring him in. Like he's got to, he's got to <laughs> teach Foku what's up, man. It's um, like I, I remember, I remember, like I, I remember uh, LeBron's first year back in Cleveland, and he took that two week sabbatical to Miami, like. <laughs> Come on, man. Like that, that was about the sketchiest sabbatical ever. Like people know what happened during that two week time frame. All right, man. So, Joseph, we've kept you on here for a long time, man. We're about to end it here, but we're going to do something we haven't got to do in a little bit. We're going to play a game. And uh, this is a game that we played last year going into the playoffs. Um, it's a lot different this year, uh, shockingly, but. It's a Thunder Legends Playoff Edition. So, this is a name game. You're going to go against oh, Alex God. here. Yeah, Alex loves oh, these. gosh. So, basically what you're going to do is you guys are going to go back and forth naming former Thunder players that are currently in the playoffs. First person that can't do it loses, and the other person wins. So, make, make sense? Shoot. Sure. Yeah. Dang, feel- I, you know what the worst part is, like, Last year, I knew every former guy that was in the playoffs. Oh, my right now, God. I can't even think of, like, more than Me two. Either. I'm like, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony. Shit, they're on the Lakers. Damn it. <laughs> you can't do Paul George. Can't do Reggie Jackson. Like, yeah, the Lakers yeah, and Clippers true. is, like, full level. Oh, all right. We got a bunch, though. So, this is how we're going to start it. Let's see who gets this, to this go gonna be a very. This is going to be a very short game. Go ahead. Right, we'll it's gonna be a short one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so, so to see who gets to go first, you guys give a number of players that you think are former Thunder players in the playoffs. You each give one. Whoever's closest gets to go first. So thirteen, uh, 13 for Alex. Shoot, dude. Um, eight. <laughs> eight. Well, the number was sixteen. So Alex gets first pick. Yay, Chris Paul. <laughs> Here on the board. Hey, you know what's funny is out of all the names that went through my head, I didn't even think of CP. <laughs> um, Danilo Gallinari. Yep. Campaign. Yep. James Harden. Stephen Adams. Kevin Durant. <sighs> Timothy Luwawu Cabarro. He is on the Hawks. Jeff Green. Uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> um, dang it. Probably some random ass, like eighth or ninth man on the team. Um, There's some names still out there. There is, okay. Um, okay, let me go through the rosters in my head. J- 
George Hill. Yep. All right. Jeff Green. You said that. You did say Jeff Green. I said Jeff Green. Yeah. Oh, um, Kevin Durant. We haven't said KD, right? I think you. Somebody said Kevin Durant too. Yeah, it was you, dog. I I hadn't said KD. I don't think did I? Okay, no, well, you, you haven't. Can... No, you have not. Hey, you have not. No, no, look. you haven't. You have it. It's okay. Keep going. Okay, I have You haven't. Okay. No, you, KD. KD was good. Um. Okay. Crap. Um. Al Horford. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yep. I don't know if this one counts. Uh, Austin Rivers. That I have him down. It counts. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Thunder uh, legend, Austin see. Rivers. So if he's in, no. James Johnson? He got cut by the Nets. Oh, oh did he? yeah. Okay, so then let's go. No, not him. They didn't make the playoffs. No, they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> um, crap, man. I'm done. I'm done. Can't do it. Yosef, can you name one more? I had one more, Tony Bradley. Yeah. Where's he playing? He bulls. Ah, Chicago. okay. Yep. So you guys got all the Suns. You got Adams on the Grizzly. You got all the Nuggets. You got Victor Oladipo for the oh, Heat. Oh, wow. Uh, Omer, you're seven, kinda, because he played for the Blue. No, dude. I didn't count on. him. I didn't count him. He was one of the Blue players. <laughs> I just wanted to mention him. The, the closest he got to the Thunder was <laughs> That's the closest he got. Serge Ibaka. Oh, shit, yeah. Alex Caruso, kinda. He was another Blue guy. Um, you guys mentioned James Harden. I don't think anybody said Danny Green. Oh, I forgot yeah, about Danny. Right. And then Charlie Brown Jr., the aforementioned. Where's he at? He's at the Sixers. Philly. They gave him a what real the contract. What is Philly doing? What is? Oh my gosh! Okay. And last but not least, Thunder Legends Fee Mahai Luke for the Toronto Raptors. For the Raptors, that's right. Is Justin Jack? Is Justin Jackson on the league anymore? He's not on the roster. I don't think. I think he got cut. Or I think he was playing in Dallas, like their G League team, this past year. I'm sorry. World champion Justin Jackson. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, also, uh, just fact-checking myself here, completely did not put James Harden on the list. So, there's 17 Thunder wow. Legends in the play. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I try to forget that he was ever here, too. So, yeah. You know, dark dark times. The, the Miami nightlife uh, ch- changed him for us. So, all right, man. Well, hey, Yosef. Yeah, it was it was a long pod. We went through some technical difficulties there and there. We talked uh, talked to KD, talked Twitter, talked playoffs, talked uh, Twitter questions, and you know played played a good game, man. So I appreciate you coming on, man. You know it was great talking to you. I mean you're killing it on Twitter. So just wanted you to go ahead and plug all your stuff, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, you can just follow me on Twitter at Thunder Film Room. Uh, Going to get back to X's and O's soon within the next couple of weeks, just trying to figure out what exactly I want to do. But in that, I really appreciate you having me on. I enjoyed the convo. Good. It was a good convo. Absolutely, man. We had it a good awesome, time. Man. It was awesome having you on. Yeah, J- Jerry said he was having a good time. He said, you know, sorry he had to get off. But obviously, uh, with his daughter being sick, you know, he 
he had a jet off. So, um, but yeah, man, has a good time. Definitely follow Yosef if for some reason you're not. Um, you know, he's putting out great content. One of the fastest growing Twitter accounts in Thunder Twitter. So, yeah, thank you once again for coming on. So, guys, hope you all have a great night. God bless. Uh, hoop when you can. And as always, Thunder up. Thunder up. Yosef, you guys say Thunder up. Oh, my bad. Thunder up. <laughs> yes, you got it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.